always like that, and we've seen that in the song. We've, we've all been through times of brokenness where God has healed us. We've all been in the place where we have deliberately said, it is well, despite what I think. It is well with my soul. We've all been there because of Jesus giving His all for us and thinking of us above Himself. We've been there and we stand there knowing that He is the one who will never let us go. Our shepherd king. And sometimes we are like the deer of Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving, among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore I will remember you. Yes, from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all the waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs His love at night. His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones, they suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you so downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior, and my God. I should say first off that, that I've drawn a lot of the sermon from a, a fantastic book called The Folly of Prayer by Matt Woodley. Um, my paper copy is still arriving from the UK, but you can borrow it once it arrives. <laughs> fantastic book, and, and he's got a fantastic chapter here on the dark night of the soul. Have you ever been in a place where you have prayed and prayed and prayed and it feels like somebody's put like audio bouncing things on the ceiling? And so you're praying and nothing's getting through and it seems like God has maybe put you on the answering machine because He's not getting back to you. And then we start feeling guilty because isn't it known that, that when we pray in faith then God is present in our midst? Surely when we pray, we are always strangely warmed by the presence of God. Thank you for laughing. And you know what? Sometimes we are. Sometimes we are. And sometimes we go through dark nights. And we're talking about it today when hopefully not many of you are going through dark nights. Um, a quote roughly said, we can 
praise God through the dark nights of our lives if we learn to sing to Him in the day. If we learn to trust Him when things are going well, we can trust Him when things are going poorly. We don't ask for the dark nights when it seems like prayer is useless. God just sends them. St. John of the Cross uh, is the guy who, who termed the phrase uh, the dark night of the soul. Um, he was a, a wonderful Christian man thrown into jail for basically preaching the gospel and, and tortured and horrible things done to him. And he said, he said the dark nights are those times when it seems like everything and everyone is, falling, is failing you. And it seems also like God is failing you and everything seems to be going in reverse. Mother Teresa, you know this wonderful godly woman who could speak about the joy of God and and caring for others? She wrote three months before accepting the Nobel Peace Prize a letter to a friend in which she said, Jesus has a very special love for you. But as for me, the silence and the emptiness is so great. I look and I do not see and the tongue moves in prayer, but it does not speak. William Cowper we, we sing quite a few of his hymns. Um, ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. This wonderful hymn writer and poet. Amazing words that he wrote. Tried to commit suicide so many times. Felt he wasn't good enough for God went through the dark night of the soul. Paul, 2 Corinthians 1.8, said, During a dark night of his soul, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. And Jesus on the cross. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So it seems pretty clear that we should never speak about the dark night of the soul because real Christians don't go through them. You know, if popular thinking was right, uh, we'd have to rewrite Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And because I have panted for you, you have filled me with gladness and joy. Amen. That's not how the psalm goes. This is a psalm written from a place of desperation by one of the sons of Korah. Uh, temple musicians. Levites. Man who is far from home. Far from the temple. is, is probably being taken into exile. His whole job, his whole life was centered around leading the people of God in worship at the church, at the temple. And here he is, not only sent away from, from where God was worshipped, but also his whole life's purpose stripped away from him. Hard to do your job as a temple musician if you can't be in the temple. He's a man who is desperate for God. And we, we sing that song sometimes, As the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. I don't know what sort of deer we're picturing. It's, it's not one that's just had a drink two minutes ago and is, might be thirsty again. 
This, this is a deer that is panting for water. Desperate for water. Is, is in a place where there has been no water for so long and just, just feels like if it doesn't drink now, it's just going to expire. I don't know, has anybody here ever been dehydrated? What's it feel like, Glenis? Terrible. You do anything for a drink. Makes you really sick. You know, you have horror stories of people who get lost in the desert and, and they are so desperate for a drink that they will drink anything. They'll drink radiator fluid. Deadly poison. Just to slake their thirst. As the deer pants in desperation for the water. And you see this, this son of Korah, the psalmist, what makes it worse is that at one point he felt so close to God. He, he remembers those good old days of joy and happiness and, oh, wow, God, you're so good and we're singing praise songs to you and, oh, look at all the crowd and we're all happy and it's a celebration. Oh, and now I'm here. And now I'm here. And sometimes if we remember the good times, they cheer us up. But sometimes, like here, they just make the present circumstances seem all the worse. And he's overcome by just the sense of, God, where are you? See, he's probably in exile and he's got people all around him, non-Christians, non-Israelites, saying to him, Ha! Where is your God? Now that's bad enough for somebody to question your faith and to say to you, where is your God now? Look at what we've done to you. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm sure he would have going, no, God is, God is good. God is still my God. He would have replied, I'm sure. But, but deep down in his heart, can't you hear it in the psalm? They say to him, where is your God? He's right here. Where is he? Where is my God? I'm so thirsty. Where are you, God? I'm so thirsty. He's so full of sorrow that he's just crying himself full. It's a psalm of desperation, yet it is one of hope. Have a look at verses 5 and 6. He says, why are you so downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Spurgeon, in a sermon on this, said, oh, not a sermon, uh, a commentary on this, said, when it is as natural for us to long for God as for an animal to thirst then it is well with our souls, however painful our feelings. See, the psalmist remembers what God has done, who God is. He, he remembers the events of the past, and, and he knows that God's love for us doesn't change. And even in the darkest night where he finds himself, he, he starts asking himself questions. He says, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so downcast? He says, I don't need to be, I can hope in God. 
And of course, this always works, doesn't it? When you're downcast, you say, why are you so downcast? Why are you so discouraged? Hope in God. Fantastic end of song. Not quite. He's got a few more verses to go. His faith despairs. And yet in his despair, he hopes. Because he remembers that God is his God, our God, our Savior and our God. I mean, that, that's what hope is, isn't it? It's, it's saying, I trust that you will act. Because of what I know of you, the living God, the source of life and hope. And he makes this declaration, I will hope in you, but I am so discouraged right now, verse 6. I am so discouraged, my soul, ca- my soul is downcast within me, so I will remember you. Even though I am drowning in despair. You see, this picture changes deep calling to deep. He pictures himself here no longer in an arid place where there is no water, but, but in a place where there is just so much water. And, and, and the places mentioned here are, are fertile and lush and waterfalls. But, but he pictures himself as being tossed and tumbled by the waves of life. It's no longer the fact that that he's just dry for God. He says, I'm so dry for you, and yet everything in life is tumbling me over me, and and I'm I'm just, I can't do it, God. I've just, there's so much, I I just can't do it. You know when you go to the beach and you are dunked by a wave? It's like he's being dunked, and then he surfaces only to be dunked, only to be dunked, only to be dunked, only to be dunked. The waves of life break over his head. He's drowning in despair and yet he's trusting. Because not only does he say to God, God, you're pouring the waves of life over me, but but at the same time, you're also pouring your love over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. In a a sense, he recognizes that despite all that he's going through, God still loves him. How does God direct his love to us when the waves are tumbling over us? So many ways, but so often isn't it from each each other who who shares something of his love to us? Or perhaps by reading his word and, and something pops out from there. Does that make the waves feel any gentler? No. 
And yet at the same time, we can say, even as life is hectic and horrible, I can see perhaps a glimpse of your love. And your song at night is with me. My prayer, a prayer to the God of my life. Songs are amazing things. Um, they, they, they've been doing tests on people with, with Alzheimer's, and they say that if you play the type of music that that person loved in the prime of their life, it can unlock the brain. And, and I think even more powerful than just love songs or pop hits or whatever is songs about God, especially in the darkest night. Um, they just seem to somehow lift prayer to God when we don't know what to pray. And yet, it can still seem like God is absent. And the psalmist goes on and he says, I am destroyed by my depression. I say to God, my rock. I say to God, my rock. I say to God, the one firm point in all of this. I say to God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? Why must I put up with him saying to me all day long, where is your God? He recognizes that God is his rock, that he feels like the rock is slippery. So we've got a psalmist here who is in the depths of the darkness. Maybe you can relate, maybe you will, well, you will relate, sorry, guaranteed. Depths of the darkness. And he said, I am dry, I'm drowning, I'm desperate. I'm hopeful, I'm trusting. And in it all, says this man who has dedicated his life to God, who knows who God is, I can be certain of you. I can be certain that I will yet praise you. I can be certain that you are my Savior and my God. And so I will put my hope in you. And I mean, Psalm 42 finishes there, but... And, and I'm sure the circumstances didn't just magically finish at that point, but, but it's a statement. It's like it is well with my soul. He says, I will, I will yet praise you. I will yet trust you. I will put my hope in you, regardless, because of who you are. And for the psalmist, living as he did before Jesus, to say that is incredible, and how could we not say otherwise when we have such greater knowledge of God, such greater knowledge of His goodness, such greater knowledge of His love for us? I mean, Jesus Himself promised us that He will never fail or forsake us. Jesus promised us that He would never let go from His grasp those that the Father has given us, given to Him. 
And he demonstrated how absolutely sure and steadfast he is to that promise and that certainty by dying on the cross himself. And in the darkest night, crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, the psalmist complained about the waves of life rolling him over. But only Jesus has gone through all the waves. Only Jesus has experienced the thirst and the utter absence of God. Remember St. John of the Cross, the guy who came up with the name, the Dark Knight of the Soul? He said, Jesus didn't just go through a dark night, he went through the terrible night. And what an encouragement for us, no matter how dark the nights that we will go through, Jesus has been to a blacker place. There are many things we can do. And many ways that the world says, oh, you're in a dark night of the soul. Let's fix it. Let's go shush on I'm like, why is that going to help? But anyway, or let's go shopping. Or let's go eating. Or let's go doing whatever. What does the psalmist do? He says, I'm not going to do any of those things. It seems like God is away, so what am I going to do? I'm going to write a song and a prayer to God. Did you notice that? It's not, God, you are so far away. What's the point? It's, God, you're so far away. Hello? God, I'm feeling like this. Help me, please. This is what he does. This is what he does in the darkest night that this guy has found himself in. He speaks to God. He wrestles with his circumstances. He remembers the past. He remembers who God is. Challenges himself to put his hope in God. Martin Lloyd-Jones said that talking to ourselves rather than allowing circumstances to talk to us is the very essence of wisdom. I'll amend that slightly. Talking to God and ourselves rather than allowing circumstances to talk to us is the very essence of wisdom. And actually, if you think back to two weeks ago, Jabez, whose circumstances his mother called him painful and a causer of pain, instead of allowing his circumstances to talk to himself, what did he do? He said, God, here are my circumstances Bless me, change them. And God, God in that case did. There are times when God feels far away. And that is a normal part of our spiritual journey. Until we get to heaven heaven comes to earth. That will be normal. And it's not nice. But I want to suggest that when God seems far away from us, if 
we can accept it, it's actually a gift. Many times. Sometimes it's just us that have run away from God. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves, have I run in the opposite direction? Sometimes it's a gift from God. St. John of the Cross said that in the times of darkness, God may be closer than we ever imagined. But when our life seems to be going to pieces, sometimes it means that God is putting us back together again. Remember in Hebrews it says, we have not come to the mountain of trembling and shaking and fire, but we've come to Jesus and, and His blood, which speaks of a better covenant. And it finishes that chapter and says, but our God is a consuming fire. Sometimes the dark night is the fire of God at work, helping us to trust God. Have a listen to what St. John of the Cross said. He said, just like the presence of the sun overwhelms our senses, if you look up at it, So the presence of God is so bright that it blinds our spiritual sight and makes you feel like you're in the dark. In the midst of this dark night, in the midst of this powerlessness and confusion, in the midst of the felt absence of God as you feel like you're heading in reverse, God, the living flame, the fire of holy love, is refining your imperfections. God is closer than you could imagine. And he uses another image. He says... Perhaps the dark nights, the times of Psalm 42, for us is a bit like a mother and her weaning child. You want the child to grow and walk for itself and fend for itself, and so you cut off the supply of milk or wean it off. And of course, the baby doesn't quite like this because this isn't perfect and suddenly it has to do some work. And And cries. And wants to go back to what it had forever. And the same with us. when Maybe there are times when we feel like God has deprived us and stepped back from us a bit. When in fact, all that God is saying is, is I just want you to grow up a little bit. It's not that I've gone anywhere. It's not that I love you any less. I I just want, I'm doing this because I want you to be like Jesus. I want you to grow. I want you to trust me. I want you to, to love me for who I am. You know, sometimes it's possible that we love God's milk rather than loving God. What do I, what do I mean by that? We, we love the things that we associate with God. So, we love singing happy songs in church. We love hanging out with Christians. We love, maybe not here, but a splendid church building. Maybe we like a particular preacher or a way of praying or a style of music. 
And when that changes, we go, Don't want it! Take it! You know, God doesn't want us to just know our good feelings and happy smiles when we, when we think about Him. God wants us to know Himself. God doesn't want us to just enjoy His presence when life is going well. God wants us to know that He loves us at all times, at all seasons of life, that we can trust Him regardless. And you know, He has promised us that He never gives us a temptation or a trial that is beyond our ability to endure. if we would look to Him. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs or pants for you, O God. Pants because it wants more of what it knows is good for it. You know, if we are hungering and thirsting for God, if you ever find yourself going, where are you, God? Have you ever walked through the shops, uh, past a bakery, and you are, you're not at all thinking about getting hungry, but you walk past the bakery, oh, and all of a sudden, your taste buds go into gear and you are hungry. You just want one of those dainty little treats. You've smelt it. We long to eat. You know, if we hunger and thirst for God, it's maybe because we are already sensing something of God's presence. We're desperate for Him. And yes, sometimes renovations are unpleasant and uncomfortable. And sometimes they take a fair while. I mean, just look at Perth City. But in the end, not only is God forming us to be more like Jesus, but He's also teaching us teaching us to long him. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, says a car is made to run on petrol. And it would not run properly on anything else. It doesn't work very well with water. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits. Our food, our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That's why it's no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. That's why it's no good to say to God, God, just fix the circumstances without bothering about how I'm relating to you. That's why it's no good to say to God, Oh God, what a dark night of the soul! without recognizing, yeah, but what I need most is you. 
God cannot, says C.S. Lewis, give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself. God cannot give us a peace and a happiness apart from himself because it is not there, there is no such thing. Put your hope in God. Praise him today if you can. Hallelujah. And when you can't, put your hope in God. For you will yet praise him. For he is our Savior. And he is our God. Let's stand and we'll sing our last song as a, as a prayer. Father, and we'll take up the offering uh, afterwards. Thank you, Graham. Father, let me dedicate all this life to Thee. In whatever worldly state Thou wilt have me be, not from sorrow, pain, care, freedom, dare I claim. This alone shall be my prayer. Glorify Thy name.